She was a socialite, fashion icon, TV host, and movie star, known for her incredible wit and infectious laughter. She rubbed elbows with Hollywood celebrities like Sammy Davis Jr., Pat Boone, Marlon Brando, and Bob Hope, but her fabulous life ended in tragedy when she was murdered inside her own house in the usually very peaceful Forbes Park, Makati. You're listening to Stories After Dark, a Philippine true crime and mystery podcast powered by Anchor and released exclusively on Spotify. This is the story of Elvira Manahan, who in 1986 was killed by her realtor, Jaime Balatbat. Listener discretion is advised due to the graphic and sensitive nature of this story. Elvira Ledesma was born in Silay Negros Occidental, the eldest of the seven children of Simeon Ledesma and Conchita Bermejo. She came from a modest family, but before she was even two years old, she was sent to live in Manila to be raised under the tutelage of her well-to-do grandmother, Gertrudes Montinola Ledesma. Because of this, she grew up closer to her and her aunts Pasita and Soledad Ledesma than she ever did to her own family, even when they had opportunities to reconnect later. According to Elvira's sister Carmen, she never saw her ate until she was already 14. Growing up, Elvira had many admirers. She was considered one of Manila's beauties along with the likes of socialites Chona Recto and Susan Magalona and law professor and beauty queen Pasita de los Reyes. It was said that boys from prestigious schools like Ateneo and De La Salle would travel all the way to the Holy Ghost School, now known as the College of the Holy Spirit Manila where she studied, just to get a glimpse of Elvira. One of her admirers, Armando Eduque, while visiting his family's farm, wrote to her in a letter dated April 29, 1944, quote, I left Manila, but you were branded on my memory, eating deeper and deeper into it, with every minute and mile that took you further and further away from me. I could see you in the windshield of the car, in the heat waves that shimmered along the road, on the tops of the suitcases beside me. I could see you everywhere, end quote. Much to the disappointment of a lot of men, Elvira ended up marrying Eduque when she was 16 in a well-attended society wedding, and she became pregnant soon after. But theirs was a short and tragic love story set during the tail end of the Second World War. In 1945, the occupying Japanese reportedly poured gasoline on the Eduque residence, setting it ablaze and prompting the Edukes to escape to an air raid shelter in the nearby Madrigal compound. They returned home later and made a dugout in their yard for them to hide in, but their German shepherd kept barking. So Eduque, afraid that the noise would call the Japanese's attention to their location, decided to take the dog away. The Americans arrived soon after, but Eduque never came back. A few days later, Elvira came out of her hiding place and found her husband dead on the street, making her a widow at only 17. She reportedly tried to take Eduque's wedding ring from his body, but the flesh came off his ring finger. She had nightmares about the tragedy for which she sought psychiatric therapy, and she often woke up with self-inflicted scratches. Still pregnant with the Duque's child, Elvira paid a visit to the famed society OBGYN Dr. Constantino Manahan. Tito, as he was usually called, was the son of jeweler Juan Manahan and the Castilian mestiza Clotilde Cannon Perez, whose father was a Spanish Navy commander. With his good looks, pedigree, and accomplishments, Tito was one of the most eligible bachelors in Manila. Though he was 13 years her senior, the two fell in love with each other. 
Elvira's friend, astrologer George Season, joked about their romance, quote, The courtship began with her legs wide open, end quote, and within a year of their meeting, that courtship ended up in marriage. Now Mrs. Manahan, Elvira, with her incredible charm and style, was elevated further into high society fame. She was a much sought-after guest and hostess on the permanent guest list for parties for visiting celebrities performing at the Araneta Coliseum as she was a close friend of baby Araneta, Forrest. It was through these parties that she came to rub elbows with entertainers like Pat Boone, Sammy Davis Jr., and Bob Hope. Elvira was always among the best dressed at these parties as well as charity balls and other events. Working with many designers, Elvira became known for show-stopping fashion moments such as when she went against the norm and proved less is more. By wearing to a formal party only a simple, long-sleeved black gown paired with a Bulgari necklace. The name most tied to Elvira, however, is that of Ramon Valera, who Elvira trusted to design the couture gowns that cemented her fashion icon status, like a fully beaded, floor-length gown in leopard print, one of Elvira's most memorable looks. But more than just being stylish, Elvira captivated people with her charm and wit, which was why media tycoon Eugenio Lopez Jr. asked her to write a society column for the Manila Chronicle. Her husband Tito, however, strictly forbade her, knowing her tendency to be devastatingly direct with her words. Lopez then instead invited her to be a co-host on the evening entertainment TV show Two for the Road, an offer that came at a perfect time as Elvira was already growing weary of her high society lifestyle. In a time when socialites were only expected to appear at formal events, Elvira dared to be different. According to her friend George Season, quote, She wanted more out of life, but she didn't know what. She realized, however, that it wasn't all about possession and status. She wanted to express a lot of things, but couldn't, until she found TV, end quote. Two for the Road gave Elvira a sense of purpose. She made the talk show something that people looked forward to, even late at night, and the show was considered ahead of its time with its skits, musical numbers, and of course, Elvira's hosting wit. According to Two for the Road's director and Elvira's later co-host, Nestor Torre, quote, she was unpredictable. On the show, you could always expect the unexpected, end quote. In an episode where Elvira mistakenly introduced the Argentinian ambassador as being from Chile, Elvira blurted out, quote, Why is Chile not in Argentina? End quote, which the ambassador found hilarious. In another episode where Elvira was given at the last minute the script to advertise a soap brand, she read the tagline, quote, Maha, the soap of beautiful women, end quote, after which she remarked incredulously, quote, It is, end quote. And in yet another episode where the first Grand Marian procession in Intramuros was being promoted under the auspices of then First Lady Imelda Marcos, Elvira remarked excitedly as an image of the Virgin Mary was reverently being brought to the set, quote, virgins are so hard to find these days, end quote. The founding member of the Cofradia de las Damas y Caballeros de la Immaculada Concepcion bit his tongue so hard to prevent from laughing out loud that it bled, and he made the sign of the cross and froze. Two for the Road also allowed Elvira to showcase her amazing sense of style to a wider audience. According to George Season, quote, people would watch her for her jewelry and clothes. She chose clothes that were telegenic, end quote. 
Elvira was so serious about how she looked on TV that in 1970 she announced that she was taking two weeks off to have a facelift. After fans wrote to her asking why she needed one, she replied, quote, I have to be kind to the people who look at me. I owe it to my family and the people who watch me, end quote. By the time Two for the Road was revived post-martial law, no celebrity, local or foreign, could refuse to be interviewed by Elvira on the show. She was on top of her hosting game, according to her co-host, Nestor Torre, quote, When she came back, she was organized. She was no longer unpredictable. She had learned the craft of interviewing. She became more people-centered. She was more interested in getting statements from her guests, which greatly helped the audience in knowing them better and Quote. Aside from her television career, Elvira starred in films such as Luis Nepomuceno's Ang Pulubi with Charito Solis in 1969, Ismael Bernas' directorial debut Pagdating sa Dulo with Rita Gomez, Vic Vargas, and Eddie Garcia in 1971, Lino Brocas Burgis with Gabby Concepcion and Amy Austria in 1981, and Mario O'Hara's Bagong Hari with Dan Alvaro, Carmi Martin, and Joel Torre in 1986. But underneath the glamour that came with high society and show business fame, behind her infectious laugh that brought joy to many people, was an altogether different side that few knew. According to her sister-in-law, Josefina Acevedo Pedrosa Manahan, quote, Elvira was not at all the hilarious airhead you watched on Two for the Road on TV. That was a caricature. She was intelligent and very well-read, actually very cerebral. Yes, she had her light moods, but she could be silent, profound, and contemplative. That was the inherent Ledesma in her. Many people who thought they knew her didn't know that side, end quote. Elvira's daughter-in-law Tats, wife of Johnny Manahan, Elvira's first offspring with Tito, recalled, quote, At home, she liked to wear malongs or wraparounds, her slightly past shoulder-length hair down, her shoulders bared, and no makeup at all. She actually liked simple Filipino food like nilaga and paksil. Like a true ilonga, she liked to eat her meals with ripe mangoes and ripe latundan or lakatan bananas, end quote. Elvira's two-for-the-road co-host, Nestor Torres, said that though she liked going on shopping sprees, such as when she would fly to New York to stay with her good friend baby Araneta Flores, Elvira was actually very discriminating with her purchases. Quote, she would buy expensive things after a lot of comparing and figuring out. We'd go into a classy store and she would try on 30 pairs of shoes and not buy anything. In her mind, she was tying them up with a certain outfit. I can't say that she was vain. When we met at her home, she'd show her big arms. She wouldn't fix her hair or wear any makeup. With people she didn't know, Elvira had a reputation to uphold. To people she knew, there was no pretense. End quote. Her friend George Sison recalled, particularly about her laugh, quote, She was one of those people who cared little about what people said. She would laugh aloud at a time when it was considered uncouth. People thought she was attracting attention. That's a Cancerian laughter. Elvira said, The reason I laugh this way is that if I stopped, I'd start crying, end quote. There was a time in her marriage when Elvira came to resent her husband Tito for having no time for her. 
Devoted as he was to Elvira, Tito always had to rise early for work and came home exhausted from the hospital. During this difficult time in their marriage, Elvira decided to live in London in 1972 while the Philippines was under martial law. It was in the British capital that Elvira deepened her relationship with then-President Marcos's London-bred Arab consultant Ali Aziz whom she had met before martial law. She confessed to her close friends though that Aziz loved her too much to a fault and that Tito was the man in her life. Tito on the other hand dated a younger woman while Elvira was away but friends and relatives knew that it was only to pass time. Elvira returned to the Philippines in 1977 to their home in Forbes Park, Makati but she would later be associated with another man again. She told her friend George Sison that a certain Jaime Balatbat had been calling her to tell her his problems. Balatbat was the business partner of her realtor Ed Bogeda of RGV Realty and she perceived the young man, who was 33 years her junior, to be mentally unstable. According to Sison, quote, One thing about Elvira is that she's a sucker for sob stories. She would talk to him on the phone for hours. There were even nasty rumors that he was her lover. I don't think so. You would not misconstrue that her reaction to him was attraction." End quote. On October 16, 1986, Tito and Elvira were all set to relocate to the retirement flat at the Ordoneta Apartments on Ayala Avenue having completed the sale of their Forbes Park residence. At around 7.30am, Jaime Balatbat arrived at the Forbes Park address and he was let in by the housekeepers as he was a constant companion of Ed Pogeda, the realtor who had sold the house. Balatbat was in a foul mood because of his casino losses the night before and he was there to request a higher commission from co-selling the Forbes Park property. But as this was unknown to the household staff, they served him coffee and biscuits in the living room and told him he could wait there until the senora wakes up at 11. After finishing his coffee and biscuits, Balatbat got up and went on a rampage, killing a maid and a cook and severely injuring another maid using multiple weapons, a gun, a blunt instrument, and a 15-pound dumbbell he had picked up from the Manahan home gym. He then entered the master's bedroom upstairs and woke Elvira up to demand a check. Elvira rose and went to the study across the hall, sitting down at her desk to grant his demand, but Balatbat shot her in the head and struck her with a dumbbell. As Balatbat left the house in a hurry, Sheila, a maid who miraculously survived the attack, crawled out of the house, past the gate and onto the street, and she was spotted by a neighbor's maid who called village security for help. Elvira was found bloodied in her study, slumped on her desk. She underwent brain surgery at the Makati Medical Center, but she succumbed to her injuries at 6.55pm that same day. Balatbat was later captured, and it was discovered that he already had a criminal record, including a near-fatal assault on a US embassy official. He denied the murder charges filed against him for killing Elvira and her two helpers. On September 30, 1988, after being in jail for almost two years while awaiting his trial, Balatbat was killed in a shooting when he tried to seize the pistol of an off-duty prison guard. Balatbat may have ended Elvira's life, but her legacy in Manila society and Philippine media lives on. Her son, Juan Manahan, otherwise known as Johnny or Mr. M, is known for managing actors for TV network ABS-CBN's Star Magic. He has held various positions in ABS-CBN's senior management and directed numerous well-known projects in show business. 
It's difficult to talk about the impression Elvira made on other people's lives, but perhaps it can be summed up best by the words her daughter-in-law Tats wrote in a profile for Rogue Magazine's September 2018 issue. Quote, From a distance, she was all about the grand gestures and colorful sound bites, but up close, sans the makeup, her hair twisted in a bun, a sarong tied around her chest, watching television, eating her meal from a TV tray, she was the perfect model of domesticity. Over the years, the initial fear and trepidation of knowing her eventually dissolved into wonder. Whether or not the tales are fact or fiction, these are the stuff that legends are amusingly made of. And my mother-in-law Elvira Manahan, it seems, was much too large for this life." End quote. Thank you for listening to Stories After Dark, a Spotify exclusive powered by Anchor. This story was suggested by Instagram users, it's Chris underscore and San Jose Kenneth, and the episode was written, narrated, and produced by me, Derek. Music is by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. Stay tuned for a new episode, and to make sure you're updated about the show, please follow Stories After Dark on your Spotify app as well as on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you'd like to see the references used for this episode, suggest cases, send personal stories, or further support the show, you can go to storiesafterdark.ph for more information. All of the links are in the episode description.